Anthony Fasano from the Engineering Management Institute here. And before we bring you this episode of the podcast, we want to let you know that like many people, the team here at EMI is concerned about the COVID-19 coronavirus. While there are many reputable news and medical sources out there to help you stay informed, here at EMI, we like to use our platform to keep you up to date on any news related to engineering projects, conferences, events, and so on. We will be posting this information as we receive it at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org forward slash COVID-19. Again, we will be posting COVID-19 information related to engineering as we receive it at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org forward slash COVID-19. That's C-O-V-1-9. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to episode number 225 of the Engineering Career Coach podcast, the first podcast dedicated to helping engineers and technical professionals with both their personal and professional development. In this episode, I will be talking with Chris Knutson, who has co-hosted this podcast in the past. Chris now serves as the Europe Program Manager for Stanley Consultants. He's responsible for managing and coordinating Stanley's activities in the UK and Europe, as well as providing program, project management, delivery, and master planning solutions through the UK and Europe. In this episode, which is a part of a series we are publishing around the four key drivers of engineering managers, we will be focusing on the third key driver, which is the ability to manage projects. Chris will talk about the fundamentals of project management and how PM skills can help you to become a great engineering manager. I'm your host, Anthony Fasano. I'm a licensed professional engineer who practiced as an engineer, but eventually decided I wanted to focus more on inspiring engineers rather than doing the engineering myself. So since then, I've written a book entitled Engineering Your Own Success and have traveled the world helping engineers. And through this podcast, we try to bring you information that can help you succeed in every episode. A few quick announcements. If you're looking to improve your people skills to help grow your engineering career to become a manager, a leader, a partner in an organization, check out our Engineering Management Accelerator People Skills course. This is a course that will take you no more than five to 10 hours over five weeks. So basically an hour or two a week, depending on the option you choose. And it will give you an awesome foundation in communication skills, how to communicate with your team, customers, clients, networking and building relationships, which is pretty much critical to career success, how to build expertise and master public speaking, which everyone should do in my opinion, how to become more productive in your days, who doesn't want to be more productive, and leadership through engaging people and delegation which is a challenge for all engineering professionals. Check the course out at engineeringmanagementaccelerator.com. Our next live course starts in April, or you can take the on-demand course starting today. But take a look at what engineers have said about the program on the website. It's helped them tremendously in all these different avenues that continue to return itself over time. It's a minimal time investment and minimal financial investment to really take your career to the next level. We've also launched a sister course, the Project Management Accelerator PM Skills course, along the same lines as the EMA focuses on project management skills, project planning, scope, scope creep, budgeting, cost estimating, kickoff meetings, and so on. The two of these together really are a perfect marriage, but either one of them can help you in your career. And that course can be found at projectmanagementaccelerator.com. And really everything is on our main EMI website. If you have questions on any of that, Best is to reach out to our course administrator, Betty, betty at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. 
Now, for those of you who don't know Chris Knudsen, let me tell you a little bit more about him before we dive into the conversation. Chris Knudsen is a program manager, civil engineer with over 27 years of program and project management experience in the defense infrastructure. And you can hear all of his experience in this conversation. His experience is really focused around executing and delivering infrastructure programs, as well as project planning, feasibility, and requirements assessment, and controls in complex and international stakeholder environments. And I know a lot of our listeners aspire to work internationally if they're not already. Chris is an expert communicator skilled in working with both government and private sector organizations and has substantial international experience in Europe, the Middle East, and the U.S., Most recently, he was the major program director for a $400 million defense infrastructure program in the UK and currently manages a diverse infrastructure planning and delivery portfolio. He's a retired U.S. Air Force civil engineer officer, a chartered engineer in the UK, and professional engineer in the U.S., and holds both the program and project management certificates from Project Management International. Nobody better to talk about project management than Chris Knutson. So let me bring you into this conversation. With a quote, and I wanted to use a quote from Jack Welsh, who recently passed away, and he's obviously kind of a business icon. Jack said, good business leaders create a vision, articulate the vision, passionately own the vision, and relentlessly drive it to completion. All right, so now I'm excited to kind of welcome back my friend, as well as the project management extraordinaire, Chris Knutson. Chris, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, thanks, Anthony. It's uh, great to be back. It's been a while. Excited to be back with you. Chris previously served as a co-host with me on, on really on both of our podcasts and from time to time has done his own episodes. Chris, for those who haven't heard from you before, talk a little bit about your career journey. I know it's been a very interesting journey, but maybe you can give them kind of the overview. As you mentioned that, it's hard to believe it's you know 2020 my professional career now is I pulling together some notes for this. I started looking at it. I was like, holy smoked, it's almost been 30 years <laughs> that I've been in a professional capacity. I started uh, you know, straight out of college in the in the US Air Force, did 22 years there, full career in the Air Force Civil Engineering Arena. So project and uh, program management, learned also facilities management and maintenance as well. So all different aspects of you know projects or whatever and delivery. And about 2015, left the Air Force and uh, had an opportunity to come and work for the U.S. government for a bit over in Germany, and then ended up having another opportunity to get myself back to the U.K., which is a place where myself and my family actually had started early on. So back in the late 90s, we had a a posting in the U.K., and I always wanted to come back, had a chance um, really through my wife to be able to get back over here, and we moved back. So uh, once that happened, I left government service and went into into private industry into the architectural engineering arena and have had the uh, really a great opportunity, especially over the last uh, three years, to really dive into facets of program and project management in the infrastructure delivery arena. For those listeners who've heard from me before know that I've had an opportunity to spend a good portion of that career outside of the United States, and that was mostly through my military career, but a lot of time spent in Europe, several trips to the Middle East, doing different deployments while I was on active duty. And so I've had that opportunity to really see project and program management up front delivered in a number of different arenas. So back in the United States, over in Europe, down in the Middle East, and think that that's provided me with a a pretty unique understanding of how projects and really programs in the infrastructure 
arena are delivered, planned, and developed. I've heard you hear it say project management and program management. Maybe you could just kind of give the difference between those two for the listeners that aren't familiar with that. Straight up, that was the concepts around differences between projects and programs was something that didn't really resonate even with me until, well, really three or four years ago. And that was when I started moving from the education in the, in the self-study I had around the project management professional and developing those project management skills and then moving into program management and ultimately uh, getting my program management certification. Fundamental differences are when I think of project management in a project, I'm thinking about this discrete activity. So in the infrastructure, the AEC industry, that's a project that has a defined beginning, a defined end, because we've got a, uh, a schedule that's got a schedule start date and a schedule end date. And that project then is really controlled around, a lot of people will know as the project triangle. So cost, scope, schedule, and sometimes quality is brought into that as well. But by and large, the project manager is really focused on the delivery of a discrete activity. When I start thinking about program management now, I'm not look, thinking about specific project. I'm thinking about the delivery of a number of projects that are best managed to get benefit. And I'll come back to benefit in a minute, but to get benefits for the client, the funder, usually the financier and the end users that wouldn't come from managing each of those projects individually. So the program looks at it as a whole. And whereas projects are talking about, again, talking about these discrete activities that are delivered really at at the end of the day, we're talking about projects. We want projects that are delivered the cost and schedule. I think a lot of people are shaking their head, go, yeah, I'm working on a project right now and cost and schedule are the two big things that always come up. Programs start looking at the benefits. What are the outcomes? What are we trying to achieve by the delivery of this project or these projects and other project associated activities? So if you look at, uh, if I you know, kind of use my military terminology for a moment, projects are tactical level. Programs begin to look at the operational and sometimes even strategic levels or strategic aspects associated with a number of projects that are being delivered to achieve some kind of an outcome or some kind of benefits. So hopefully that helps. And I would direct, again, if people are like, okay, yeah, I'd like that maybe even in, in simpler terms, I think maybe even a more elegant way, if you go do Google search for project management, PMI, program management definition, and you'll get a really good definition of what that looks like. Based on what you just said, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that when you're talking project management, you're focused on one specific project and the tasks associated with it. Whereas when you're talking program management, you're overseeing multiple projects and how they fit together and are driving certain goals. Yeah, absolutely. So again, when you get in the program management level, You'll have project managers that are looking specifically at the tasks associated with that project. But at the program level, you're looking across the suite of projects. It could be three projects. It could be 10 projects. It could even be just two projects. Call that, I guess, a program. My experience has been it's usually more than five projects. The program that I've been most recently touching has uh, 20 major capital investment projects. And um, you know, we're talking projects that are you know, $6 million or more. 20 of those with a suite of about 15 smaller projects that range in, in value from $50,000 to $500,000. That right there, we're talking 40 separate projects that are all part of a major program that are trying to deliver a benefit, an outcome, providing a, an end-using client with a capability or achieving some organizational strategic aim that wouldn't be achievable unless all of those projects were designed 
and then executed and delivered to, again, now back to the scope, schedule, and cost. That's great. So, you know, really the topic we're going to talk a little bit about today with Chris is how your project management skills can contribute to overall to you being kind of an effective leader as an engineer. And Chris, I guess to kind of to start on that, I mean, ever since you and I have known each other, whenever we talk about career or any kind of professional topics, you know, project management always comes up for you. It's always been something that's been at the forefront of your mind, obviously, which is why, you know, we called you to, to talk about this today. What got you interested in project management? My interest in project management was really an offshoot of my interest in really the focus of my career for the first couple decades of my uh, professional experience. So in that Air Force engineering environment, civil engineering environment, it wasn't design focused. It was more delivery focused. I wasn't sitting in front of a, uh, a computer monitor doing CAD design work on you know airfield pavements works or, or vertical or horizontal construction. I was more involved, well, exclusively involved in the management and delivery of that project. So all the different aspects that we really generally think about project management of making sure that the contractor can get mobilized to the site, that security issues are sorted, that the site's being maintained clean, health and safety is being fulfilled, certainly monitoring and controlling cost and schedule. There's going to be a schedule bust on a milestone that you, you know, kind of rolling up your sleeve and trying to figure out how to solve those issues. Those are the types of things that I dealt with from early on in my engineering career. And so it was just, for me, kind of a natural progression through both that and the leadership aspects that were expected me as an Air Force officer to be able to step right into the realm of project management. So for me, it was almost a, you know, kind of a hand in glove type of a, of a situation. I guess maybe even to add more to that, instead of going to get a technical degree, master's degree, I, I ended up getting an MBA. So that led me more into that non-technical aspect. And I don't mean that as a negative slight towards project management, because again, as you've kind of highlighted, you know, project management for me is something that I'm somewhat passionate about, maybe even more so now about program management, now that I understand that. But project management, stroke program management, whatever you want to call it, interest there really, again, is around the different things that come into play when you're talking about leadership as well. So it, it plugged right into that. And so for me, it was a natural progression based off of my early experiences coming up against infrastructure projects, civil works projects, and then integrating in the leadership skills that I was developing, communications, all those different aspects that naturally just come together in a discipline called project management. Kind of to build on that a little bit, most engineering professionals today, you know, in many disciplines, I mean, Chris and I did a lot of work in the civil field, of course, but in a lot of disciplines, engineering organizations, Chris, will send their engineering professionals to project management training. And oftentimes, PM training is kind of like an information overload experience for a lot of people. But just if we're talking about some of the keys or like the fundamentals to project management that stick out for you among kind of everything, what might some of those be, at least in your mind? So you're absolutely right, because if you go and grab, again, my education in project management was exclusively through the Project Management Institute's suite of products. So, you know, for project management, people are, are familiar with the PMP certification. You know, that's the, the magic project management book of knowledge, sixth edition or whatever it might be now. That PMBOK document or book, which is, I don't know, 300 pages or something, it's got 10 different subsections. And each of those subsections has, you know, kind of flows through a process. There's like a 48 or 49 sub activities. 
it's a lot of information to try to take on board. So you're right. So how do you distill that down to the absolute basics, knowing that some of the listeners today aren't going to go through the process of getting PMP certified, but just truly wanted to have at least some basic skills to be able to do project management? What are the keys, I think, that kind of come out of that? I would say, you know, you don't need to be a cost estimator to be able to understand the basics of cost. You know, if you're a project management stepping into a in the project, so you're a young project engineer, they've said, okay, you're going to manage this project now. Some of the basic fundamentals that I'd, I'd want to see right up front are going to be work breakdown structure. So what's the WBS look like? And then spend some time unpacking associated cost breakdown structures that are going to come from that, that are going to be provided either by your engineering counterparts in your own firm or from the contractor. It you know, kind of depends on what role you're playing. So are you playing a project manager on from the perspective of the contractor, so the company that's actually building it, and maybe you're in a design-build type of a relationship, so you're in an engineering AE company that's married up with a constructor or contractor who's building stuff, are you that PM working for them, or are you a PM working for the owner as an owner's representative? So either one of those two, you're going to want to see what the work breakdown structure looks like, what those discrete tasks are, because those are also going to be not only married to costs, like the CBS, cost breakdown structure is going to come from that, but also your schedule. The schedule is going to be based off of that. Those two elements, cost and schedule, from my perspective, are the real baselines for project management. It's like PM 101. You need to understand what that looks like as a PM, because that then can allow you to be able to come up with recommendations and make smart decisions around things like like scope management. Projects should have a scope, a well-defined requirement, and then that's another one of those elements Again, as a project manager, you need to make sure it has been unpacked correctly. So are you being handed a project that has been already well-defined and the requirements are well-known that has allowed you to be able to build that work breakdown structure? Or are you working with a project that doesn't have very clearly defined scope? As a PM, if you've got a project without a defined scope, you're probably being handed a, a disaster just waiting to happen because you're going to have cost growth, schedule growth. It's going to be a, just a complete dumpster fire you got to make sure that that scope is really locked down as well, a good requirement. So again, back to the project triangle, scope, cost, schedule. The next bits I think that are important is your personal time management and communications management skills. So how good are you at running meetings? PMs spend a lot of time in meetings. I think something that sticks in my head from PM training is like a PM spends 90% of their time communicating whether you're in meetings or verbal communications or email or whatever it may be, you're going to be communicating a lot. You need to spend some time developing a methodology and a means, templates, just really mundane things that you've got that, so you can very quickly move through the issues that you've got to deal with. So communications to me is an extremely important one of making sure that you've got your own personal disciplines for how you approach that. Going back to the work breakdown structure for those not familiar with it, that's basically the idea of breaking the project down into components. Is that accurate? Yeah, absolutely. So you have a well-defined, you know, a project that's got a well-defined scope. That project then can be broken down into discrete elements. So if, you know, let's say if you're doing a section of roadway or, you know, or a section of airfield, you know, like a parking apron at an airport, the basics are going to be, if it's already existing, you've got to go in and, you know, let's say you're doing restoration to existing. In general, you're going in and you're breaking out existing concrete. You're going to come back in. You've got to reprep the foundation, and then you got to come in and you're going to be laying in some probably some reinforcement, and then the concrete is going to come in. You're dissecting the work into discrete elements because in the more discrete you make it in those elements, 
the greater cost assurance that you can get. So if you, again, your cost engineers that are associated with this thing are going to become very, very adept at being able to dissect and break a project down into its aggregate components. As a project manager, you know, you don't necessarily need to be the 5,000 pound brain about each of the different millions of different activities that are going to take place on that project, but you at least need to have a general understanding of what the macro categories are going to be and where costs are going against those. Because in a project, you know, you're going to have costs going against mobilization. There's going to be costs against actual materials. There's going to be costs that are going to be broken down. If you're, let's say you're doing a building, you're going to have mechanical, electrical, MEP type work. You're going to have civil structural work. Where are those costs being broken down? So you as a PM can have a better understanding of, of where money's going and, and, and then flag it. I mean, that's the whole reason you're doing the PM piece of it is to identify where something just doesn't seem right or costs are maybe going starting to look like they're starting to go off the rails, like they're escalating or increasing. You're being paid as a PM to be able to identify where that's at and be able to take action before it becomes a, a crisis. So Chris kind of really hit on those key three fundamentals of project management, the triangle that he referenced, you know, project scope, project schedule, and project budget or cost. To me, I like that triangle because if you are a a new project manager and you're feeling overwhelmed, you can always go back to those three and say, well, let me make sure my project has a clear scope. Let me make sure that, you know, we have a clear schedule and how are we doing on that schedule? And lastly, you know, we can look at the cost and are we on budget or over in some areas or under in others or whatever the case may be. But what I do see a lot, and this just happened with a client we were doing some coaching and training for is see a lot of issues today with like scope creep where, you know, people are just doing extra work. They don't know they're doing extra work. And then it comes time to go and do your billing. And you're like, holy crap, why do we spend 30 more hours than we were supposed to on this task? And oh, by the way, it's because you weren't supposed to do that task. The client that I was working with now had to kind of go back to their client and say, you know, you kind of owe us like half a million dollars for stuff we did, but we didn't tell you we were going to do it. or We didn't tell you that it was an addition to what happened. So I think that like in this episode, we're not drilling into the real details of project management. That's probably like a whole other series we could do with Chris. But the point is, is that you can always come back to those, that triangle of the scope, schedule, cost, and reevaluate all those things. If you're feeling overwhelmed in project management, you're starting in project management, which kind of, Chris, can take us into the next section of what we want to talk about, which is how do your project management skills translate into you being an effective manager and leader overall as an engineer? And to kick this one off, just my take on it is how are you communicating some of these key project fundamentals with your team? I'm going to maybe use a, a couple different segues here because I, you know, I was using a lot of examples around being a PM dealing on, a, let's say, an actual construction project. So something's being built, you're either an owner's representative PM on one of these projects being built, or you're working for the contractor. You know, you can be a PM as well. And I think maybe, you know, the reference that you made with the client you were working with was a, a PM within an architectural engineering firm. And that firm is actually working as the design engineer on a project. There's project management activities associated there with a scope, a cost, and a schedule as well. So it's not necessarily always just building stuff, you know, something you can build a horizontal or vertical work project. Yeah, there's PMs there, but there's also PMs internal to that design company that's doing design work because you've got a scope, you need to design this and you've got a schedule and you've already bid the work and this is how much money we've got. And of course, if you consume all that, then that's your revenue gone. What kind of skills, you know, do I employ? Because 
my experience here, especially recently, has been on both sides of that. So I've got teams that are dealing with owner's representative on the actual construction of projects, and I've got teams as well and PMs who are managing in-house or company resources that are actually doing design work. By and large, the PM skills, you know, really are the same. You touched again on the on the triangle, right? So scope, cost, and schedule. Those are always the three most important elements right out of the gate. And they're the ones that I ask the PMs that are working with me to make sure that they dived into the details on that, truly understand the performance work statement, which is the scope, what's the client looking for, and then understand how it was bid. And sometimes that means getting with the whoever the proposal developer was. If you're in a, especially in the AE architectural engineering arena and you're doing design work, if you weren't involved with the actual development of that proposal to go in and bid for that project, you know, you're going to have not all the details and all the information of how that was, you know, how your partners in your company, I guess, arrived at the costs associated with that. So you need to make sure that you understand those aspects of it. So again, it comes back to the magic triangle. You know, what's the scope? What's the cost? What's the schedule? Again, in the AE design industry, you've got a scope that's the performance work statement, what needs to be designed. Somebody, presumably, hopefully you were involved in putting together a proposal on that cost proposal. Maybe you weren't, but there's a cost that was associated with that bid off of the number of hours it's going to take to be able to do that work. And then there's a schedule. When are the deliverables? What are the milestones for delivering, let's say, a 35, 65, 95, 100% design, whatever it may be? Understand that and understand how that racks up against the costs and what are the disciplines that are involved in it. A lot of the project, the PMs that are working for me that are doing the design side are dealing with multidiscipline projects. So that, you know, I may have a PM that has a civil background, but he or she is managing a team of engineers that are across different disciplines because we're doing both vertical and horizontal type work. So you may have a civil engineer who now is managing work that's coming out of, out of the electrical discipline, some mechanical disciplines, et cetera, like that. And there'll be technical leads in those areas. But again, if you're a civil engineer and you haven't done work in, you know, with electrical or mechanical, early on in your career, it's going to be a bit of a steep learning curve, which means what? In steep learning curves, lots of reading, make sure you understand the scope. And it also means making sure that you're asking questions and not just assuming, making assumptions on things that you're asking questions. And if something doesn't seem right, that you flag it and you bring it up and you have a, an adult conversation around what that looks like. Like Chris said, he's given some construction examples. He does a lot of work in program management infrastructure today. And however, that being said, you might be listening to the podcast. You might be a mechanical engineer, let's see, working on an airplane design for a company like Boeing. You're going to have the same triangle. You're going to have the scope of work. You're going to have the schedule. You're going to have the cost, right? So that's why this project management is very universal especially some of the PMP materials that Chris mentioned. You know, there's all engineers in all walks getting the PMP. I see it all the time and I talk to them all the time. You could be doing an electrical design for components on something. And really in terms of like how these project management skills translate into you being effective as a leader or a great engineering manager, and kind of in my opinion is it comes back to what Chris said before, the communication aspect of it. So you have to understand the key project management fundamentals and then you have to communicate them. So, you know, if I'm a project manager and Chris is working on my team and he's not clear on what the scope is and he's working on things that are outside of the scope and we end up kind of getting screwed because of that, that's really my fault because I haven't educated him on those things. So I would think, Chris, that project management skills are really critical to being a good leader because you need to understand the triangle and other things around it and you need to be able to communicate it effectively. Yeah, absolutely. So as a project manager, it falls on your shoulders again as 
kind of unpacked to understand what that scope is. What's the, you know, it's kind of what's your mission. You're the PM project manager. You've got a mission that has to be accomplished that's based off of what that scope of work is. Here's the scope. You must accomplish this. It must be done by this date. Usually there's a schedule. There's going to be a target end date on that. And you have this much money that's been associated with it. If we move out of the arena of construction, so building stuff, but we move more into the arena of the AE, architectural engineering design aspect, it could be in the the civils arena. But again, as you already highlighted, it could be in the aviation industry, it could be in the car industry, whatever it is, automotive industry, project management's project management. Projects that get assigned to you have, again, have a scope. And there's a cost associated with that scope and a schedule associated with it because we never, we don't enter it. Nobody, depending on what discipline you're in, enters into a project that has just like an un, kind of an open-ended time. We don't care when it gets delivered. We could care less of how much it costs. I mean, those two things you know, are always going to be binding. So as that project manager, dissect the scope, make sure you understand what that looks like so that when you have your project team and you're bringing them in, you understand what it is that, that has to be accomplished, when it needs to be accomplished, so you can articulate that appropriately to, the, let's say, the discipline leads and your project team so that you have the ability then to be able to move towards achieving the different milestones that have been laid out in the schedule. And I think that's where the leadership piece of it comes in. So we hear project management. Management, there's the old adage that you know management is about doing things right, You know, kind of measuring, right? That's kind of what goes through my mind when I hear the word management. Leadership is about doing the right things. That's, again, that kind of maybe really plays back into the scope piece of it. So I know that it's got the term project management and that conjures up in my mind all kinds of, quite frankly, passive, you know, lagging type indicators where we're looking at something after it's already happened, but it's really twofold. So if we take the project triangle again and we unpack that, the management piece in my mind is the management of the cost and the schedule. The leadership part comes in with the scope. And that's about doing the right things. You've already kind of unpacked a couple of times, Anthony, that you know, if you're doing work that's beyond what was asked for, I guess you're doing that pro bono, you know, kind of an extra little uh, icing on the, on the cake. You know, you're doing it because it just feels good. And maybe that's the reason you do it. I don't know. I, I guess you can do that. You know, a lot of the people that are likely listening to this episode are working in for-profit private industry, private sector companies are, you know, the people that we work for, for are going to be very much fixated on utilization rates. They're going to be very much fixated on, on net revenue, gross revenue, those kinds of things like that. And your utilization rate gets diluted very quickly when you're doing a lot of extra work that is beyond what it was actually asked for. And there's certainly we can get into discussion, totally separate, probably podcasts, that there's maybe cases where you're going to do that. But again, project management, manage the scope and uh, I'm sorry, manage the cost and the schedule, the leadership aspects that we've been talking about, that really comes in in the scope part. So you know exactly what is it that we're trying to do and the right things are being done so that then those things can be managed so that we know that we're doing things right. There you have it in terms of kind of project management. You know, we talked about the triangle being the scope, schedule, and budget. And, you know, as Chris really mentioned, then when you transfer those skills into how effective you can be as a leader, it's really about that scope and making sure that people are working on the right things and everyone's clear on that. What we're going to do now is we'll take a break for a moment. I'll come back with Chris and we'll wrap this one up here in our Take Action Today segment where I have one more question for Chris. All right, we're back with Chris Knutson. We're talking about project management and really how it relates to effective management and leadership overall in the engineering world. And 
Chris, just from knowing you for a long time, as I said earlier, you're always focused on developing your project management skills. It's always been something that you're passionate about. And just to kind of wrap up here, you know, in this last segment, for those out there thinking like, all right, this kind of sounds like it's important, but like, what is it really going to do for me? What has the development of your project management skills kind of meant to you overall in your career? For me personally, professionally, it's allowed me to be able to amass this body of knowledge that I can apply against my actual experiences that I've had in my professional work to be able to combine the two of those and figure out what worked, what didn't work, why did things come out the way that they needed to once I understood the body of knowledge of project management, and then use that to support clients that I'm working for, whether I was in government service or now in the private industry, to be able to make projects for my clients to come closer to what the scope was, to be able to define good project requirements and deliver them the cost and schedule. What's in it for me type of a standpoint is, you know, a lot of listeners and even some of the engineers that work for me, who I am, you know, kind of have, I have continuously through most of my career told, hey, go get certified, do study around project management, is as engineers, you know, we develop basic skills and then we, with this look to being able to move forward in our engineering career, whether that's through, you know, let's say in design, you're not going to move right on to the most, the most complex design projects right out of college or maybe even in the first 10 years. It takes years to develop and amass understandings of engineering design, experiences, knowledge, skills, abilities before you can move into big leagues, if you will, making the call. Why would anybody think that project management or program management is any different than that? And that's one of the things that I've really begun to understand as I've uh, matured in my thinking in, around project and program management. It's something that I've experienced and, and have, have actually witnessed in individuals who have been clearly placed into roles of responsibility as project or program managers who lacked the experience, the knowledge, the skills, and abilities. And I think a lot of that comes from the fact that if, you know, if we as engineers, we as professionals, project professionals aren't taking the time to develop our project and program management skills, what makes you think that you can just step into those roles in the more challenging projects and programs and just somehow magically be able to do the work that needs to be done? For myself, you know, as you and I have talked a lot, I've moved into, you know, bigger infrastructure programs and uh, I can clearly say that 10 years ago, I would have not been able to do what I can do today. And that, again, is purely part of it's from experience, but a lot of it's just basic knowledge around the, the details and the basics of project and program management. So, so the value comes from it. What's the value statement out of it? Get educated in project management now. If you haven't done that, if you've already done it, shore those skills up. Look for opportunities to be able to take on project management roles. Amass the experience because that experience will allow you then to be able to move into increasing roles of increasing responsibility, scope of control, span of control, and really refine your leadership abilities when it comes to taking a project from somebody's crazy idea, feasibility, through handout, handover, and ultimate use. As much as a lot of the stuff that we talked about today may sound complex in some ways, I got to tell you, there are a lot of engineers or engineering companies that lack sound project management skills. They just don't even look at the scope and they don't even focus the scope. So my point in telling you that is, is that to Chris's point, just educating yourself on some of these skills can really differentiate you in the field as an engineer. Just, you know, being aware of scope when other people on the project are not is going to easily make you stand out to your company 
and, you know, be able to do some of the things like Chris has been able to do being a program manager for hundreds of millions of dollars of projects. So Chris, thanks for, you know, kind of checking back in with us on the podcast and talking about this topic, which I think is really important one for engineers. Yeah, absolutely, Anthony. It's great to be back with you. Great to be uh, talking to all the listeners out there and uh, just get after it. Go make your project and program management success. Uh, take it, grab onto it, make the best out of it. I hope you enjoyed the conversation today with Chris Knutson. Project management skills are so critical in what we do as engineers and technical professionals because if you can't manage these different aspects of a project, you're in for a, you know, a rough career. And if you want to become a successful manager in the engineering industry and leader, I think Chris really kind of summarized how these skills can really help you to do that. I mean, they're just so critical. And I hope that some of his insights will help you. And maybe you'll consider even taking our course, Project Management Accelerator, because these skills are invaluable. And once you learn them, you'll use them over and over again in your engineering career. We'd love to hear your feedback, comments, and our questions on the episode as usual. You can visit our website at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Look for episode number 225 of the Engineering Career Coach podcast. There you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during the episode. And don't forget to check out our upcoming courses, which you can find by just visiting engineeringmanagementinstitute.org and clicking on the training button. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your engineering career endeavors. The strategies that you heard in this episode will be of no use to you unless you take action and start to implement them in your career immediately. To help you do that, we have designed a system that you can use at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. It combines live monthly webinars with PDHs, plus a private forum giving you access to coaches and premium content focused on helping you build your management and leadership skills. Join us for our next live webinar at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org and we'll help you engineer your own success.